From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, email edition for August 28th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Walter Eccles and Will Perry are in the peanut gallery this week. And uh, we have, uh, to say that we have a backlog (laughs) of emails and voicemails would be an understatement. It's kind of crazy. Um, not doing a show, not doing email shows for two weeks was uh, uh, certainly uh, certainly put us uh, put us behind. So um, we're going to do our best to try and catch up. I'm not sure how many we'll be able to get to today. We're kind of in a rush recording today, but uh, we will try and get through as many as we can. And uh, I won't spend too much time with the preliminaries, other than just to say the usual that uh, if you'd like to send us an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com and our toll-free number if you want to leave us a voicemail 877-310-9662 that's toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico and if we read your email or play your voicemail on the show you will receive your choice of a Diz Unplugged t-shirt or a pin and lanyard set at the end of every month we select one uh, listener whose voicemail or email was a part of the show and they get a chance to pick a number for the, from the prize matron. We got all sorts of cool prizes, lots of new stuff coming in, so everybody can get a chance to win. Just send us an email or a voicemail. And uh, before we get started with the uh, regular emails, I do want to uh, say a very, very special thank you to uh, Katie Muller, uh, also known as Tinkbutt on the boards, who sent us probably the most creative gift I think we've we've ever received. It's incredible. She did these uh, hand-drawn and she did one for each one of us, which I thought was really nice. Uh, these hand-drawn um, in acrylic. It's acrylic um, art, art, pieces of artwork. It's a, a you know, oh, the, the paintings. round paintings, the yeah. round table um, with uh, Disney characters representing uh, each one of us. Uh, I'm Woody. Um, I'm Aurora. You're Aurora. I'm Donald in a LSU outfit. <laughs> it's awesome. John, who I'm, are you? I'm Stitch licking a window. That's <laughs> hilarious. I love that one. And Kevin, who are you? I'm Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not who you are. Tell me the truth. I'm Prince Eric. He's Remy. <laughs> I'm from the rat. From Ratatouille. And uh, Walter is... Uh, Professor Archimedes Q. Porter. Wait, I think he's from Tarzan. I think so, too. Wasn't she Jane Porter? I think so. Mm, I think so, too. It's and, Jane's uh, father. So Walter is uh, Archimedes Q. Porter with a couple of birds. She even has an empty seat for Bob with his uh, book with all his posty notes on yep. it and a little train and a dole whip. And a dole whip, yep. Will is Lightning. What is it? McQueen. Lightning, McQueen. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. I mean, the detail in this is, is great. It's I, just I amazing. It. And the fact that she did multiple. Yeah. She did yeah, she did like four or five of these. Yeah. So one for me and Walter, one for you two, one for you two, one for Will. One for Regina. One for Regina. Um, and she hand, these are hand-drawn. Yeah. She did really well because, I mean, they almost look like copies. 
She did there, there such a slight great job. Diff- right, yeah. and we had to look to see there were slight, very minute differences between each one. She has little quotes. It um, says addicted. It says my weekly Disney fix. <laughs> it says disboard, disunplugged. It's great. I mean, it, it it's it's really it's. Oh, and Pete's standing on a soapbox. <laughs> and I'm sta- yes, <laughs> I am not in my chair. I am standing on a soapbox. And uh, she sent us a lovely letter. I'd like to read to everybody. Um, I would first like to say that this package is a thank you for all your hard work and the joy you bring into my life. I would also like to tell you my Diz story. Back in December, I graduated from Salisbury University with a BFA in photography. I applied to several graduate schools, and at this point, I had lost my job because I was no longer a student. So January and most of February go by bringing one rejection letter after another. By the end of February, all of my letters have come back now, and I know I am not going to be able to continue on into grad school. We will say at this point, unemployed and rejected, I was pretty depressed. In an attempt to raise my spirits, my mom suggested a Walt Disney World trip. Of course, mom's plan of course, mom's plan works. How could it not? I was put in complete control of the trip. As our first DVC trip, I researched uh, the site, made reservations, and put down a game plan on what we might do. Being a Walt Disney World pro, having the free time, I did some research on Walt Disney World and, of course, Googled WDW Info, and your site was the first on the list. I must say that it is because of your site and boards that I was aware of the Pirate and Princess Party. Uh, you guys had suggested watching Wishes from the Poly Beach, which we did on our first night, and it made it a real night to remember. So again, thank you for pulling me out of a rough patch and letting me immerse myself in a world that not only talks about one of my favorite subjects, but allows me to gain friends and a sense of family. It is true that we are all like a weird family, poking fun at each other, having misunderstandings to which Papa Pete has to straighten us out, and lending support when we find no one else could quite understand why we were upset. Pete, you have created a rare community that I wouldn't ever trade. While I know the show is always evolving and gaining new members and unfortunately losing some, you couldn't possibly tear me away. I look forward to checking the boards, chats, and hearing all the latest news, rants, and reviews. So again, Pete, Julie, Corey, Kevin, John, Will, Regina, Alex, and to all the other Diz Dreams employees, thank you for bringing this world to me so I can truly escape the stresses of daily life. Now you can open the bigger bigger individual packages than the cards. I know Regina may not be with you, but I believe you will be able to get this to her. Thank you for everything, Katie Muller. It was just incredible. She also, to Corey and I, she sent two adorable little baby outfits for our little boy, as well as scrapbooking materials for me. <laughs> I'm really impressed. And yes, I will scrapbook and use them. Thank you so much. We really this was really it. nice. We were all really moved. Uh, if you're on the this. cruise, you'll see him wear your outfits. That's a sore subject. <laughs> oh. Katie is a rather vocal member of our group. She's in chat most of the time. She's tink butt on the boards. And... When we talk about going on the cruise, she kind of puts her hand in our face and says, stop talking about this. Well, I can't imagine we won't let her at least pick a number for this. Oh, yeah. I mean, so she has a chance to win the podcast cruise. We'll absolutely let you pick a number, putting this much work into... uh, Here you go, Katie. Into a gift um, like this. Like I said, this was was not done in a day. No. (laughs) Ours is going to be framed and hung at home. I would say this is months of work. Oh, no. This is going to have a very special place. You can how much time she put into this. Yeah. It's a lot of detail. And this is going to have a very special place. Uh, Mine will have a very special place here in the studio. I'm sure everybody else's will. Absolutely. Have a special place in their homes. Can't thank you enough for it, Katie, honestly. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I I like John's idea. Please, go ahead. Pick a number. Pick a good one, Katie. (laughs) 
Pick a really good one, Think Katie. about it long and hard. <laughs> we'll all try and send good thoughts to you, and maybe you'll get the right number. So, so th- again, thank you for that. And we're going to go ahead and get started with our first voicemail. Stephen, or Steve from Georgia has some questions on water parks. So here's Steve. Hello, podcast crew. This is Steve from Leesburg, Georgia. I really enjoy the podcast and disc boards and find that they're a great source of information. I have some water park questions for y'all today, mainly for Corey and Julie, but help from anyone would be greatly appreciated. After listening to this week's podcast, I realized I should have sent this in earlier due to the email call-in podcast being postponed for a couple of weeks, but I was waiting for the Christmas in July shows to end since this was not relevant to those shows. Hopefully y'all can work me in soon. My family and I will be at Walt Disney World Labor Day weekend, and we plan on going to a water park for the first time. We have been to Disney World many times, but never to a water park, and we would appreciate some tips and advice for making it an enjoyable visit. It will be my wife, 11 and 9-year-old sons, and myself. We're thinking of going to Typhoon Lagoon, but any advice on this will be good. We'll be there at Rope Drop, which is 10 a.m. that day, and don't really have a plan on what to do after that. Do y'all have any suggestions on where to put our stuff and what stuff to bring? As in, can we bring an ice chest and lock it to a chair and any other advice on what to bring would be great. Uh, what area should we sit in? Is there plenty of chairs? What should we do first? Uh, what about wearing sunglasses on the attractions? And uh, can we bring goggles and wear those on the attractions? Uh, any other help and tips will be greatly appreciated. Again, I enjoy the podcast and I appreciate y'all uh, doing it and the hard work that y'all do it week after week. Well, um, that's a pretty loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're doing the first thing you're doing right is you're uh, you're getting there early. Um, you know that's the best time to get to these water parks, especially when it's when it's busy. Uh, as of where to sit, my suggestion would when you go into the park, head straight for the family raft ride. Hop on that. There are some seating areas above the wave pool. It's kind of tucked back. Um, I prefer that area. You're by the wave pool. You're by the restroom. There's a place where you can grab snacks. You're close to some of the um, attractions. You're close to one of the entrances to the, the creek. So I would go head straight to that ride, do the family raft ride. That usually has a long line later on. While you're over there, do both of the, uh, the tube rides, uh, Gangplank and Keelhaul Falls. I'm only talking about Typhoon because that's, uh, that's where they plan on going, so I'm not going to change your mind on that. Be sure and set up your camp before you go on the family raft ride. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, you know, you can you can bring sunglasses on, on these rides. I would suggest just hold them. Don't try to carry everything you own on these rides because they do get lost, and they're not going to send somebody in the catch pool looking for your glasses right there. It, it's going to take some time, yeah. and you may not see them until later in, in the day. So if, buy a little thing to put around your neck or something like that, even with your shoes. You'll have to hold all this stuff um, because some of these rides, um, attractions, you need to hold on to the tube. So trying to hold on to the tube and hold on to your glasses and shoes, it can get um, pretty crazy. The, uh, another tip I would give, you know, it is hot. Use the creek as your shortcut throughout the park. If you need to walk, uh, go from one end of the park to the other, um, from where you're going to be sitting, the uh, crush and gusher is going to be on the opposite side of the park for you um, and also the, the shark reef. So I would just hop in the creek, use that as your shortcut, get out at an entrance, um, buy those slides that you want to go to. Ask the lifeguards, they'll know. Say, I want to go do Crush and Gusher. What's the best one I should get off on? 
Um, that's always a, you know, an easy way to get around the park, and it's fun. You don't need a tube for these uh, creeks. You'll see people lined up at these entrances. They're waiting for tubes. You can get in and just walk or swim. You don't need a tube. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. No, a lot of people think you do. You can just get in and just relax. And, and then kick somebody else out of their tube and, and take take that. And there's a good chance that you will see a, a lonely tube floating. Because some, some, some people get on these tubes and they realize halfway through, okay, I don't want this. And they'll just let go. So you, yeah. you might find one there. Taylor doesn't use them. She does not like using the tube. She likes to swim the whole way. I don't like them either. I spend too much time trying to get in the tube. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm hot. You mentioned bringing a, a chest yeah. cooler yeah. in. Is that possible? Yeah, you you can, as long as there's no glass or alcohol in it. Use plastic. Uh, I would suggest bringing plenty of water, no soda. That's just going to dehydrate your kids and you and your wife. Yeah, the um, you know I always suggest you know because you're gonna your seat you know, where you where you're sitting is your home base for the day, and you're gonna be leaving your stuff there if you're not getting a locker, and the, you really can't even fit everything you bring into the park into a locker. So you're gonna have to leave some things by um, by your chair. Bring a lock. I would lock uh, lock things to your chair. It just it's a it's a lot harder it's a lot harder to steal something when there's a chair attached to it. <laughs> The uh, water wallet, if you're going to bring cash or credit cards or your room key, and I'd carry that stuff with you on these slides. Don't leave that at your, uh, you don't, don't leave that your at your neck. chair. Yeah, you can wear it uh, around your neck, put it in your bathing suit pocket. Um, bathing suits. Don't forget your sunscreen. Bathing suits. Bring a real bathing suit. Don't bring cut-off jean shorts or anything like that. Some of these slides, they're not going to let you on there. And I'm begging you, no Speedos. <laughs> I don't know what you metal. look like. I, I, maybe, maybe, you can, maybe you can pull them off. But really and truly, only one in every 500 people that actually puts on a Speedo can pull it off. So. And don't they charge for towels? They do. It's like a dollar. So a dollar charge. if you don't want to be charged a dollar for towels and have to wait in a line to get towels, bring your own. Yeah, bring your towels. They charge for towels? They do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's it's minimal. It's like a dollar or something like that. Oh. You would have towels laying all around the park if not. And you do. Um, life jackets are free. They require a deposit, but you get that when you return the, the life vest. They're so, also small towels. They're like uh, almost like hand towels. <laughs> You'd need more than one. Here's a know? few. Which is like a body wrap for you. <laughs> yeah. I would need seven or eight hundred. <laughs> and then a sewing machine. <laughs> The, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, like sun lotion. These things, yeah, sun lotion and goggles. These things are going to be twice as much in the parks. Mm-hmm. If so, if you bring your bring your lotion, bring your goggles, you you don't have to pay all that extra stuff. And um, make sure you bring at least 15, and if not 30, you know, don't try to cover yourself with a four and expect not to be burnt. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, don't forget to eat and drink too. I know the kid. The kids like to run straight to the wave pool, but you kind of need to talk them out of that. Go do some of the rides if you get near that early. Take yeah. advantage of the the no line. You can always get into the wave you pool. Can always get into the wave pool. You know, see what rides they want to do. I would suggest you know family wrapped ride, the two tube slides right next to it, and then head across to, you know, I would suggest getting gusher and the map beforehand. You can get those. I'm sure if you're staying at a Disney Resort, look at the map. Let your kids decide what they want to do. You can kind of map out your day. Memorize the map a little bit. And so that we way, had, this came up on the boards. We have maps of all the parks and all the resorts on our site. Yeah, so yeah. check it out there. Not only is it nice to have them right there on the site, but you made them nice and big. Yeah, so it's not like oh, I got to try to read the fine print. 
Yeah. So I think you you right may there. have to scroll side to side and scroll up, but you yeah. know it's you can read it. You can look at it. I'm telling everybody my secret seating spot. I love that spot. If you're looking at the wave pool, it's to the left, you know, up high, under like the palm tree and stuff like that. Cool. There's going to be four thousand people <laughs> in that spot. Why is my, my chair taken? Cool. Well, thank you very much for that, Corey. Thank you, Steve, for calling in. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Kevin. Mine is from Sharon Weaver. She is Sam Sam 53. And she says, Kevin, I'm very interested in the ability to buy three seats for two people on Southwest and then be refunded, credited for one seat if the plane is not filled to capacity. My husband likes to have an aisle seat, and I like a window seat, and of course we prefer no one be seated between us. So when you talked about purchasing three seats for you and John, I was intrigued by the possibility of doing that for Mike and I. Question one, how do you book online for three seats for two people? Do you just list one person twice, or do you have to call and make the reservation? All right, that was more than one question. That was her words, not mine. Question two, how do you get the refund credit if the plane is not sold out? Did I even understand that correctly, that as long as there is even one seat not sold, you can get a refund? And question three, since you get to pre-board, is it necessary to try and get group A or do or even do early check-in at all? Thanks for help with all these questions. As always, I love the podcast. The advice is invaluable, and the weekly fun is completely enjoyable. Thanks again, Sharon Weaver. And Sharon, we just did this when we went to Las Vegas. It's very simple. I usually go online and start booking my uh, stuff. I start picking out the flights that I want through Southwest's website. There is a way to do it. You just list one of you as your name. You would be Sharon XS, which is extra seat. Then what I do is once it's all booked, I call because a lot of times you can get less or lower pricing online. You can get um, the flights you want with lower pricing. Just list the extra person as XS. Then what I do is I call Southwest, talk to one of the representatives, then they set the whole thing up for me. When you get to the airport, I've never pre-checked in. They allow you to pre-board. They allow you to pre-board because what you're doing is you're purchasing an extra seat to guarantee that you have three seats together. They let you pre-board so that you don't have to wait in line because if you've got a not-so-great boarding number, you might not be able to find three seats together, and then you're kind of out of luck. So, And explaining that to people, uh, Southwest does not do assigned seating. You're given a, a number, basically. Right. And you line up. They've now set it up so that you line at least in Orlando International and uh, McCarran Airport in Las Vegas. I can vouch for them because we were there recently. You kind of line up in group one through five, five through ten, and so on. Uh, as far as how is the refund done, well, what I do is I kind of watch the plane and see if it's full. If I find an empty seat, the plane wasn't full. And what I do is when I come home, I call the Southwest number and they refund your credit card. It's now, not automatic. You have to call up and request the refund and then they'll check the flight to make sure there was an empty seat on it. So don't expect it to be automatically refunded to you. Now, if you're one of those people that this is important to you, you do run the risk of not getting that seat back. If the plane is sold out, you've bought that seat. Right. And so you have to add that third seat to the cost of your trip. Now, well John, worth it. John and I have done it, and we have paid for the third seat. The majority of time, the flight isn't 100% sold out, and Southwest doesn't question you at all, as long as you know going in that there's a very distinct possibility that you've purchased that extra seat. We like the ability to pre-board. We need the extra room 
Um, and I've never had any problem at all. They give you when you when you board, they give you a ticket, and you lay it on the seat between you, and it said this is seat is reserved. And you see now on the on the way back from uh, Las Vegas, they did not give me my reserved seat ticket, and I. Uh, one of the, the the flight attendants came up to me and was trying to put somebody in that seat. And I kept saying to her, ma'am, I'm sorry, I've paid for this seat. She's like, well, where's your reserve sign? I said, I, I handed him my papers when I got on. He took everything. He didn't give me anything back. I didn't know there was a reserve thing in there. Um, and she came back to me like two, two other times. And I'm like, you are not putting anybody in this seat. I paid for it. That she finally had to go look at the roster and realize, oh, okay, he did. What happened was you gave him all the paperwork, and he didn't realize we keep it out. Right. We, we take that out separately. I didn't even realize it was in there. Well, there was, the other thing is uh, we were unsure of Tropical Storm Fay, so we actually purchased your seat, yours and Walter's seats, at the very last minute. Right. It was made, the reservation was made that morning. It was kind of a rush to get to the airport and get on the plane. Usually what happens is that the boarding people will let you know that here's your thing for your extra seat. Make sure you put it on the seat between you. I usually tuck mine into the tray table so it's more visible and kind of fold it over. But it, it's usually easily resolved. And that flight, we got your extra seat back and our extra seat back. Oh, good. They've right. already refunded the money. so And we had flown out on Southwest, so that seat was refunded also. Well, you know, I've said a few times in the show that I wasn't a big fan of Southwest, and I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of their uh, their boarding policies and their seating policies, but beyond that, i got to tell you, it was fantastic. That was the most it enjoyable flight I've been on. In a, a, a very long time. Yes. It was, it was uh, the, 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 the crew was great. And showed up a half hour early also. Free snacks, free blankets, free pillows. They weren't nickel and diamond me every time I turned around. You're allowed two bags and you're allowed... Per person. Per person. You're allowed one carry-on plus a personal item. So you're actually allowed to carry four pieces of luggage. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're allowed two pieces into the hold, one overhead and one under your seat in front of you. Yep. And as we... I think if you have a small child, you know... For Corey and I, I know once he comes, I would love to have three seats and not be squished up next to someone else. But I know it probably would bother them, plus us. You know, oh, that yeah. extra seat would come in really well, handy. Well, that is, I mean, while I'm a, a full-figured guy, um, it's not so, you know, for me, it's not such that I absolutely have to have the third seat. But, um, A, it does make me a lot more comfortable, and B, it prevents me from having to sit next to somebody I don't know and don't want to talk to. And what if they smell? What if they talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid they're going to turn we around and start a conversation. An we're, I don't know where we went, but there was a man who sat next to Corey. Cause I, it I, was on the super oh, shuttle coming back from Disneyland. No, I'm talking about a flight we went on. Remember oh, the, oh. Was it our international flight? Remember he sat with us and he sat back like this? With his arms up. And he was not wearing any deodorant. Oh, no. So for how see, many no, say hours, something. poor Corey. <laughs> how could you not say? I would have turned around and said, if you, um, go put some deodorant on or put your oh. arms down. I think it was Stink like to a Barcelona goat. is the one it was, but I felt you, so bad for give him. Give you a tip on Southwest. Uh, people traveling with young kids can pre-board. Right. They let people who are handicapped go first, and they let us go next, and then people with kids go Are expectant that. mothers allowed to pre-board? Um, no, you get better parking. Yeah, you get a parking <laughs> spot. They didn't mention that, but I'm sure if you went up I'm and said... I think if you were like almost due... Well, you shouldn't be flying if you're almost due anyway. No. So. No, I don't <laughs> think expectant mothers are considered pre-board. Yeah. I think you wait in line with everybody else. 
We love we love Southwest. We're going back to New Orleans, and we only choose Southwest when we when we go. It's my fl- it's my airline of choice. It's just yeah. easy. I think it's going to become after that experience. I think it's going to become mine. And they like give you a lot of stuff. They came on three or four times with the peanuts and as much eggs. as you want to take. Yeah, it's not like they're giving you one bag of peanuts. They they come by with like cookies and peanuts yeah. and and pretzels and give you a choice. Soft drinks are unlimited. Soft drinks are unlimited. But when yeah. they come around with this big box of snacks. And I took one, and she's like, go ahead, take some more. And I took one more. She's like, go ahead, take some. On our way Their out, there's oh, – I'm sorry. Go it's ahead. normally very energetic, kind of enthusiastic. Yes. They were making a lot of joke jokes. with you. They, yes. they were joking. I have had them funny. sing. Yeah. We actually were on a flight one time where they handed the person in the front seat a pillow on each side of the plane. And what they did was you had to hand the pillow over your head to the person in back of you, and then the pillow had to come back to the front. And the, the side that got – the pillow up to the front first got to deboard first. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't on that <laughs> Oh, that's pretty cool. It's very Blue Man group. I think that's very yeah. cool. On our flight out, they had a little girl who was traveling alone, and one of the flight attendants had sort of adopted her, and they gave her uh, flight wings and a little apron, and she helped pass the snacks out. She was a, stu- a superstar on the flight. And I think we just ended up doing like a 10-minute commercial for Southwest. <laughs> But uh, no, it's a great. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I really, I'll fly them again. I'll fl- gladly fly them again. So thanks, Sharon. Thanks very much. I have one here uh, from Marty Kites in Warren, Michigan. It says I was wondering if the new Harry Potter theme park will be part of the Islands of Adventure or Universal Studios or a separate theme park by itself. It is going to be a themed land, a themed land. Uh, as part of Islands of Adventure, it's not going to be a. Uh, it's not, to the best of my knowledge, what I've heard so far, it is not going to be a separate, uh, a separate uh, ticket, but it is going to have its own turnstiles. So there is going to be some separation there, um, and I'm not sure what that what that's for. Uh, it is possible. There there is always that possibility. They may charge extra for it. Um, I'm doubting it, but that is uh, that is what I know about that so far. Uh, we also know that it is probably uh, not going to make its spring 2009 opening. That you're looking at uh, a a holiday uh, 2009 soft opening with a grand opening sometime early in 2010. So that's uh, and there's work going on. We're uh, we're waiting for a little bit more to get done, and then we're going to rent the copter and fly over and start taking pictures. I'll tell you, Universal's not as secretive as Disney is. There's apparently, from what I've read, I haven't seen it myself, There's they had to do a special walkway to get around the construction. It's out by the Dueling Dragons ride and that right. um, Merlin's restaurant. And they've actually built a little bridge, and they say you can walk over this bridge and see a great deal of the construction that's that's going on. So it's not all boarded up, you can't see in type of stuff. Cool. We'll be heading over there, so we'll get whatever we can when yeah, we do go. Absolutely. Speaking of Disney being secretive, no, T Rex res- reservations are not available yet. You just can't make them yet. And when you call Disney Dining, they kind of go silent for a minute. So I don't know what the deal is with T Rex, but so far, reservations are not available. And that's supposed to be this fall, right? It's the, well, the rumors are October, October. 14th. However,. Disney cast members on the dining line. When you ask about it, does you that have, restaurant look 
Have you been over there recently? Does it look like it's close to being Probably, done? It's been a month. They just brought the big dinosaur in well, a couple weeks ago. I saw that. Who knows? Yeah. All right. All right. Who's uh, who else has a, an email I I'd do. like to read? Jules. Sorry, my headphones fell off. <laughs> <laughs> it's because your head is so thin. Um, this is from Anthony in Houston, Texas. Hello, all. I'll be visiting Disney World with my mom and girlfriend from the 27th of December through January 1st. I was hoping you could tell me if a plan of mine is a good idea or not. I plan on proposing to my girlfriend the day we arrive, directly in front of the castle in the Magic Kingdom. My plan is for my mom to say that she wants to take a picture of us with the castle in the background, and that's when I will pop the question. I am, however, very worried about the crowds and was wondering if you thought it would be so busy that this would not work. Thank you very much for your response, and I love the show. Do it. It doesn't matter how busy or how crowded it is. When you drop down on your knee and you look up at her and you have a box in your hand, it doesn't matter who's around. Everyone's going to melt away and disappear, and she's going to be focused on you, and your mom is going to capture one of the most romantic moments of your life. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, I think, also a lot. If there is a crowd, a lot of people are going to stop and watch. Yep, right. And that, that makes it more exciting because on. after it happens, they're going to say, "Oh, congratulations!" They might clap or they might, you know, just smile at you or whatever. And she's going to love some, the attention. Some men may run out of the uh, at the crowd <laughs> and beg you, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" <laughs> Didn't I'm not sure. I can't remember, but wasn't one of the photos that won one of the categories in our photo contest she an engagement photo? Yeah, like it was that? a great it was photo. It was awesome, and there were tons of people around, but those people good. faded away compared to <laughs> the photo of the, you know them. Wasn't she the winner? She was the winner. She was the oh, winner, okay. yes. I wasn't sure. Cruise. I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't admit you are. <laughs> so, but yes, Anthony, absolutely take advantage and do it. Hi, and Anthony. on the first day, it's going to make the trip that much more special to her. Propose in front of the new T-Rex restaurant. That'll be <laughs> <laughs> Either that or she's going to want diamonds every day of her trip. <laughs> day two, where's my diamond? Especially if your mother's holding a camera. <laughs> That is so funny. Well, thank you for that, Julie. We have another voicemail from Erica in Long Island, who is uh, called us from the Animal Kingdom Lodge and left us a mini-review of the Sunrise Safari, something we've been asked a lot of questions about and we have not done. So here is Erica and her review. Hi, podcast friends. It's Erica from Long Island, New York. Erica FNY on the boards, calling you live from the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Since we are staying concierge, we have the opportunity to experience the Sunrise Safari this morning, and I would, thought I would call in with a mini-review. This experience is a must-do, in my opinion, if you are staying concierge at Animal Kingdom. It's $55 per adult. I'm not sure what the child price is, but I know it's definitely less, and park admission is required. It also includes a breakfast at Pete Safari. Also, a portion of the money goes to the Disney Wildlife Conservation Fund. The night before the safari, you receive a letter outlining what you need to do to check in for the concierge. You are told to go up to the lounge around 6.30 where you will be checked in and your park tickets will be swiped. The safari is only offered on Sundays and Thursdays. Afterwards, you are told to meet your guide in the Sunset Savannah Overlook at 7.15 a.m. In our case, we had two guides, Mel and Greg, and were split up into two groups. Our group was with Mel. They do a quick bag check, and then you board a bus to the park. They take you in through the bus, through the, I'm sorry, through the backstage area, so no pictures are allowed until you're on the safari. Once in the park, they walk you very briskly through the fast pass line of the safari, and then you board the vehicles. Our guide was very knowledgeable and stopped at every animal viewing spot. 
Sometimes we stayed there for five or ten minutes. Some animals we saw were hippos, giraffes, Thompson gazelles, or Tommies, elephants, and wildebeests. We also saw the lions, and the male began roaring as we pulled up. It was truly amazing. After the safari, they escort you to Pete Safari for a wonderful buffet breakfast. Every table has your family's name on it, and everyone receives a free wildlife conservation hero button. The chef comes out and explains the food, and then it's pretty much a free-for-all with 20 people running up to the buffet at once. They serve eggs, potatoes, sausage, bacon, French toast, and banana French toast, plantains, biscuits and gravy, assorted pastries and fruit. Juice, water, and coffee was also available. There were a few people celebrating birthdays, and they came out and had everyone sing happy birthday and gave them a certificate. All in all, it was an unforgettable experience, and I highly recommend it. One more thing. They no longer give the fast pass to ride the safari. Thanks. You guys are awesome, and keep up the good work. Well, Erica, thank you uh, again very much for uh, for calling in with that. That was a great a great uh, brief glimpse into the uh, into the safari, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to appreciate it. And as we always do, when anybody calls us up with a review or something like that, you know, goes out of their way to do something like that, pick a number. Shot at the prize, Matron. Erica's another one of those people who's very vocal on our boards. So, oh, is she? Yeah. yeah, I recognized her. I should really spend more time on my boards. You should. I, you They're know. a great group. They are. I know. I, they are a great group. It has nothing to do with that at all. You it's hate just, them. It's just there's just so much else to do. To try and stay on top of those boards is a full-time job. And all you have to do is pop into chat, and it's like you're one of the Beatles. <clears throat> I know. It's kind of scary. But... Go, good luck, Erica. Pick a good number. Yeah. They're used to us in chat. We, yeah, we they're over in. us. Where's Pete? Where's Corey? Where's Julie? <laughs> they just, they're just enough. mad at us because we won't tell them anything. <laughs> or let them pick numbers. Yeah, like y'all always did. go and tease people. Guess what we did today? We're not telling you until next week. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> we are mean. We are. But we have a good time. Cool. Being mean. All right. Well, thanks again for that, Erica. Who else has a uh, an email they'd like to read? Corey. I have one from Karen, a.k.a. Clam Chowder, on the boards. I like that. That's funny. Uh, They're all Disboard regulars. (laughs) Hi, podcast crew. I will be going to Disneyland and was wondering how big downtown Disney is compared to Walt Disney World's version. Dear husband and I visited Walt Disney World for our first time last Christmas. And even though I reviewed the map before going, we were surprised at how large downtown Disney was. And we had to go back a couple of times. I will be making the March trip to Disneyland solo, and I was wondering how much time I should set aside for downtown Disney. Got 25 minutes. Thanks for any insights on this. They, um, as far as the size, Walt Disney World's definitely larger. Um, Disneyland has packed about the same amount of stuff as far as dining venues. There's about the same amount of dining options at downtown Disney World than there is at Disneyland. There are more shops at um at world also especially with uh pleasure island going through that whole uh rehab or refurbishment or redo they're going to have a lot more shops there are some things that are that they have in common the world of disney is that both starbilia's is that both where they have all the the autographs sign posters and stuff the lego store uh, basin that's there. the house of blues restaurant and the Rainforest Restaurant are the only two that are common between both. And there's also a movie theater. I I like the Disneyland version of be, because they've packed so much stuff in a small place. Um, it's more lively. They have a Sephora store. 
Yes, they do. <laughs> they do have a lot of nice stores there. They, um, including the Vault Twenty Eight, Vault Twenty Eight, where they and Build a Bear some high price items. And Build a Bear is like the most popular we store sat there. And had lunch outside at House of Blues, and I counted the number of boxes I saw come out of the store sixty four. Oh wow! Within like an hour, just and while half. you were having lunch. Yes. yes. It's, wow! It's amazing. But I think uh, land. It's it's more. It's more energetic. Mm-hmm. They play music all day at night. There are live performers all over the place. Land reminds me more of a city, yeah. more of a, an yeah. actual Downtown. urban kind of location where Disney World is more strung out along the lake. Yeah. It's a more of a strolling kind of thing. It's a little more bustling at Disneyland, yeah. it seems, because right. it's Especially all kind of compact. At night, it, it's crazy. I think it brings in a lot of locals, too. So as far as how much time yeah. you should set aside, uh, you know, it's it's something that you do in between the parks. Something If you have spare time during a day, go check it out. Um, but if you want to set aside a day, I think one day is enough. Yeah. Also, it depends on what time you go. We were there during the day one time, and it was kind of empty. Yeah. I prefer during the daytime, and then at night is fun because you have a lot of like local musicians out there. Yeah, it's like really nice saw, what they do. Uh, yeah. We saw a cute little band. I don't remember their name. Oh, and Bolt. They were called Bolt. I remember that because of the new Disney movie that's coming out. But they're like a young little rock band. And you could see they had little groupies, like followers, yeah. that probably followed them from gig to gig. Wow. You know, there, there and they a, sounded really good. There was a violinist, yeah, a violinist that you know he had an audience with him. They people brought their chairs and like set up, circled he around playing. him. They had there wow. was a line of people getting autographs, and I was like, <laughs> "Is this the first night he's doing this?" But he was there every night. Yeah. Wow. So he's like, you know, downtown Disney famous, I guess. Yeah. Again, you know, one of the things, one of the benefits California has is the talent pool in terms of you know actors and singers and yeah, you know people who work in films and music are is much much greater out there mm-hmm. than what we have out here so they do tend to get some really really talented people so, cool so great thank you very much for that i have one here from deb in michigan who writes hi diz your show on airfare tips was amazing i expected to hear some of the well-known websites mentioned but no not from the diz i could tell pete had done a ton of research and then to hear that you had even done the work for us by testing them out. Wow. I definitely will give them all a try. Thanks again for the info on all your great shows. Well, you're very welcome, Deb. I'm glad you liked it. I was really happy with the response um, I got from uh, our listeners on that show. We did put a, I did put a lot of work into it because, uh, as, I mentioned in the, uh, as I mentioned in that segment, you know, uh, the, the, the way we book airfare now has changed. Uh, the things we have to consider when booking airfare have changed. And... Uh, I don't think that the current tools, while they help in some regards, I don't think those tools, and we, we all know them. We all know to go to this site or that site. But the tools that we need to help us you know, kind of manage all these changes are not being addressed right now by the big sites. So that's why I kind of went out and looked for things like Yopta and, and, and Fair Compare and uh, you know, just found some, some great, great sites, and they have been really helpful. Um, I'm loving uh, Fair Compare's. I'm getting a daily update from them on flights uh, out of Orlando and what specials are out there. And, you know, given it's, it's great. It's getting some really, really good information. Every day I'm able to see if there's, you know, I'm keeping an eye open for Las Vegas or, or Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, just it's really, really, it's, it's, it's some, great, some great stuff out there. So, again, I really appreciate, uh, re- appreciate the comment, Deb. Thank you very much. I have one from Jackie. No, you don't. 
I do. And Jackie doesn't tell me where she's from. She doesn't want us visiting. She's apparently. from nowhere. <laughs> Jackie from nowhere. I was watching According to Jim reruns the other night, and they were on a DCL cruise. The room they showed had bunk beds in it. I couldn't tell if this was real or just a set. They were actually on the ship, though, so I figured it was real. Are there bunk beds on the ship or something? We were in a Cat 9 the only time we cruised, so I wasn't sure how the bigger rooms were set up. I thought they all just had pull-down beds that came out of the ceiling. Can you shed any light on this? I'm just curious. Jackie, you are correct. The the rooms that uh, sleep for people and um, not every stateroom in a category will sleep for people. It's There are specific rooms that do this. Do have the pull-down berth from the ceiling. Right. I have a feeling it looked like bunk beds on the show, but there's no physical bunk beds in any of the rooms on the Disney Cruise Line ship. Um the other thing to keep in mind, too, is this is something that pulls out of the ceiling and hangs down. You want to put a light person on these. These are not big beds. It's a small bed. What, are you telling me I can't sleep on the top one? No, I'm thinking the last time I tried to crawl up there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very Poseidon adventure. There's no chance that that thing could close up with somebody in it, huh? No, no. It comes down and it locks. Oh, okay. And, you can't, and it won't accidentally come down on you either because your stateroom attendant actually has to unlock it out of the ceiling. So it's not like you're going to be sitting there and this thing will hit your head. One of the things I want to point out, though, is that a lot of people will book a room that could sleep four people. Let's say you pick a Category 9 room that's supposed to sleep four, but not all of them do. So just be careful that if you plan to add someone later on, you specifically say, I need something that has the pull-down berth. It looks like you were going to say something, Kevin. I just wanted you to know I got the Shelley Winters reference. Did you get the Shelley? That's I great. Did. Sometimes I do these just for you. Thank you. Isn't that special? <laughs> special. All right. Our next uh, voicemail comes to us from Carol, who just wanted to say thanks for the spreadsheet with all the show information on it. So here's Carol. Hi. My name is Carol Kolnicki. I just wanted to call in to personally thank the person that did the spreadsheets for the show content. I used it to find the store tours because I'm going to uh, Walt Disney World in November, and I thought, what a great way to to, uh, celebrate a trip, go shopping around the world. So I just thought that that was the best thing. I tried to do a search on the boards, and I just couldn't find what I needed. But lo and behold, I went to that uh, Excel spreadsheet and found every single episode of store tours. So my Visa company is going to be very happy I wanted to personally thank the person that did it. And also thanks for that um, referral for yapta.com. I was also able to find out that I got great prices for my trip in November. The flight prices have gone up almost $200. So thank you very much for your show. I really enjoy listening to it. And uh, thanks again. Well, Carol, the person you want to thank uh, for that is his name is Brian. And uh, Brian just actually updated it very recently. And uh, I can't, I know on levels most people don't, the kind of work that he has put in to that spreadsheet. It is staggering. It is. It is staggering. It is staggeringly accurate <laughs> to begin with. Um, and just the amount of, of information and attention that he's put into it. Uh, so I, I really thank you for, for calling in with that. But it also gives me, all of us, another chance yeah. to say, a very, very public thank you to Brian. 
any of you who are using uh, that spreadsheet, and I know many of you do. I've used it. Um, yeah, so have I. <laughs> I, have I I've used it. Um, you know, really, we owe him a, a, a great a, a great debt of gratitude. So thank you for uh, bringing that up, Carol, and uh, big thanks to big thanks to Brian. Yeah, Can really, you feel our hug? He really had to go in and dissect every show. He really I did. Mean, I mean, that's not something you can you just, just skip around. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad our, our shows, to, at least to our listeners, are very listenable so that when he had to sit down and do that, it was hopefully enjoyable for him. And <laughs> not like, oh, dear God, if I hear these people talk again, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> so, all right. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. Kevin Close. Mine is from Jamie Foxx. Really? Mm-hmm. We have an Academy We have an Academy Award winner? Uh, I don't know if it's that Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Maybe. It's four foxes in PA. And Jamie says, Hi, podcast crew. My family just returned from a vacation to Sedona in the Grand Canyon, and I wanted to drop you a note to say thank you. Although the strategies and tips that you present in your weekly podcasts are meant for use on a Disney vacation, they helped save us a lot of money and time on our trip to Arizona. For instance, I used your tip of checking and rechecking rental car rates to lock in a very low rate. I rebooked our hotel several times to save money. We made sure we arrived at the National Park early in the day to enjoy the viewpoints when they were not jam-packed with the visitors coming by tour buses or train. We followed your recent tips on how to stay cool in warm weather. So for those listeners who aren't planning an immediate trip to the world, your podcast is a great source of valuable tips for any vacation. For all your hard work and advice, I thank you and keep up the excellent podcast. Jamie Fox. That's a, a great. Uh, it's a great email. I agree. I thought it was kind of cool. That's really cool. I'm glad to know that the uh, uh, the advice uh, survives uh, survives subject yeah. matter. Yeah. So very good, very good. Thank you, Jamie, for writing that in, and thank you, Kevin. Who else? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? John? I have one from Mike in someplace Aberdeen. <laughs> Mike in someplace. He's, he's someplace. I'm not really sure. He's in Aberdeen. Maryland. Uh, hi, Pete. I was actually addressed just to you, so maybe I won't read it. Um, <laughs> just got I, have to, I have to be read to. <laughs> I don't read my emails. I have, I have people that read them to me. I just got an iPod, and I've been listening to all the shows for this year and got caught up. I love the show, and as a DVC member and someone who travels to the world several times a year, I still learn something new with each show. My question is about the Disney surplus sale that happens in celebration once or twice a year and trying to find information about it. I occasionally see on the boards, but it's very sporadic. I'll be in the world in mid-September uh, to say goodbye to the Adventures Club in mid-October. I'd like to know if the sale coincides with either of these trips. Mike, for those of you who don't know, in Celebration, the town of Celebration, they do these uh, surplus sales where they take some of the stuff that's not sold at Disney and they sell it for an extremely reduced price. Uh, it's usually done at, is it the, Kevin, is it the middle school or the high school over there? I think it's the middle school. They do it at the Celebration Middle School. There's signs up all over the town so it's easy to find, and the stuff is usually um, not displayed you know, in a great way, but it's okay. It's organized, and it's usually in a gym. And you can find stuff very cheap. You can find stuff for a dollar and you know, snow globes for two or three bucks. Is this like property control that they have for the cast members? It's very much like property control, but it seems to be um, better organized. Okay, yeah, because that was chaotic. Yeah. You know? well, property. I love, I love pop- property control. Though. Oh, yeah, just big boxes of shirts. For those who don't know, and... property control is, is the exact same thing, except it's for Disney cast members, stuff that isn't selling. 
I've always found property control very chaotic. Yeah. Like you said, it's big boxes. This is more organized and more things are stacked up very nice and the boxes are open for you. And I, But I wanted to read this because I agree with Mike. For some reason, there hasn't been one in a while. And it's not the type of thing that's advertised. I wasn't aware they were doing this in celebration. They do it in celebration. It's great. We love it. We go any, t- any chance we can get. The last time we went, it's usually open all day. We went there around 2 o'clock and they closed up. They sold everything. So it's become very popular. But we find out, because we have cast member friends who find it in the uh, cast member paper Eyes and Ears, they're usually announced. Other than that, I know of no other resource that mentions these. I don't. Um, if we find out about an- another one, we'll let people know on the boards. But other than that, I know of no place where you can actually look it up. To- they're good deals, too. It's 70% off retail. Wow. It tremendous deals really are. Yeah, that would be. You know, you'll find some like holiday stuff. You know, around Christmas time, you'll find like Easter shirts or uh-huh. whatever. You know, and some collectibles. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have a feeling that if I went in y'all's house and opened any closet door, I would be bombarded with Disney memorabilia. You would be very, very shocked. <laughs> no, you see, that's this house. Okay, <laughs> there's there's stuff in every. I'm not kidding. There is stuff in every closet. I'm we, sure we don't. Yeah, we have one closet in my office that's really sort of the holding place of stuff. But other than that, it's not that bad. So you're choosy about what you buy. You don't just buy anything. We are. We have a lot of. We have a couple of Disney collectibles, but for the most part, you wouldn't find much at all. I myself am one of those people that I have it in my backyard. I can go see the real thing. Yeah. I don't have to create my own. We should say thank you to Shirley. Mention what Shirley did for us. Shirley, we love Shirley from the Perfect Gift. We went to see Shirley, and she gave us an artwork. It is the Mariner Mickey? No, Helmsman Mickey. But it's from the Disney inaugural cruise. So it's a framed print, and we love it. Um, you know, let's just let's take a moment and just talk about Shirley uh, f- uh, from The Perfect Gift. Shirley Nelson Brown has uh, been a friend of ours on the site now for, uh, for as l- almost as long as I can remember. I mean, it's years. Been, it's been years. It's been a very long time. And... Uh, we, I, I want to be very clear. We do not have a financial relationship with her. I won't. Um, I just want to send her as much business as possible. Uh, she has become such a great part of our community on the cruise board, on the site in general. Um, and she runs a, uh, a small florist and gift shop uh, in Cocoa Beach and uh, provides a lot of uh, in, in-room amenities on the Disney Cruise Line. People, rather than you know buying from Disney, per se... Uh, we'll call Shirley or go to, go to Shirley's website, uh, which I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's theperfectgift.com. No, it's that. Um, in our cruise area, we have a banner on the side. Well, we'll make sure in the show, we'll make sure the show yeah. notes page have a link back. We should actually com. put a permanent link on the podcast page to Shirley. Mm-hmm. Make sure that's always there. She deserves at least that. Um, and you know, like I said, Shirley's been a great part of this community. Uh, is so friendly and helpful. We'll bend over backwards to help anybody for any reason. And you know these are just the, this is the kind of this is the kind of business you want to support. These are the kind of people you want to see succeed, and is always nice, always has a kind word, always has a great story. This is someone who was raised uh, in Florida, in, uh, Key, in West. Key West, and knows so much about the history of this state, and and Disney and the cruise lines, and I mean it's just she's she's a doll, and I love her to pieces. We all love her to pieces. And if you want to talk about somebody who's done something helpful like Brian's uh, spreadsheet for our 
podcast. Mm-hmm. Shirley has done something um, on the Disney Cruise Line board, which she maintains herself, and it's tips and tricks if you're visiting that area of the state. Restaurants, hotels, phone numbers, emergency services, doctor's offices, child care services – Anything you could want to know about the Space Coast or visiting Disney Cruise Line, she tells which hotels have free parking, which hotels charge for parking, which hotels have shuttles. It is truly an amazing, amazing document. And it's one of those things that anybody visiting that area, you are going to find all of the information there. And she does it out of the goodness of her heart. And, and, and beyond having a good heart and beyond being a wonderful woman, she puts together some of the most amazing baskets and in-room gifts that I have ever seen. She blows Disney out of the water. She I'm does. sorry. The stuff that she puts out is so much better than what you get if you buy through Disney Cruise Line. i got to be honest. Interesting factoid. She's one of the few people outside vendors who has a relationship with Disney Cruise Line where she's allowed on the ship. After 9-11, most of them were not allowed on the ship anymore. She's actually physically allowed on the ship. So... That's the kind of relationship she has with Disney Cruise Line. And she's just, yeah, everybody who meets her loves her. Everybody who deals with her loves her, and there's a good reason for it. She's just, she's a great woman, and so is her husband, Norm. Um, I just got a chance to meet them for the first time in person, and they're the kind of people that once you meet them, you just feel comfortable around them. She puts you at ease instantly. It's Mm. amazing. She should have gone into politics. Honestly, so I go to her I, shop? Is that where you're Yep, we went to. But the, she, she should have gone into politics because she has that engaging personality and that charisma, but she's not anywhere near dishonest enough, I think, to be successful in that arena. So No, and she's quick with an off-color story. So uh, Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> she met my mom for the first time, and the two of them got to talking. <laughs> so there's a shout-out there to Shirley, who we love dearly. And thank you for the, the framed print. It's absolutely beautiful. It's very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, our final voicemail this week comes to us from Paul in New York, who has some comments about my review on the Polynesian and some questions about concierge. So here is Paul. Hey, Pete and the podcast crew. This is Paul from New York. And uh, I just listened to Pete's review of the Polynesian Resort. And I got to say, I'm so excited he decided to review that uh, resort. And it was a great review. The Polynesian is by far the greatest resort of all time at Walt Disney World or anywhere for that matter. Um, well, at least I think it is, even though I've never really stayed there. Uh, but Polynesian is one of the resorts I've always wanted to stay at ever since I was a kid. Uh, and I used to watch Gilligan's Island. I dreamed of getting away to Polynesia. I actually went there for my honeymoon because I loved it so much based on that show, and I fell in love with it even more. So you can imagine as a kid seeing you know, seeing the Polynesian, watching Gilligan's Island, wanting to get there so bad and uh, never getting a chance to. Uh, we stayed at all these other resorts in Disney World, just never the Polynesian, and uh, it was a dream deferred for so long. And finally, I got to close the loop and make the universe right, and I Got to book a trip to the Poly for this December from the 7th through the 12th with my family, so a few weeks before Christmas, and we're very excited. Um, Question comes into play with regards to Concierge versus Magic Kingdom or Lagoon View. When I look at the upgrade pricing to either upgrade to Concierge or to Magic Kingdom View, it looks like it's roughly the same, and I was thinking of surprising the family upgrading to one of those two before a trip and i was leaning towards just getting a a magic kingdom view room because i figured 
what am I really getting with the concierge? Actually, uh, the concierge was, I think is another hundred some odd dollars more than just the magic kingdom view. Um, so I was thinking, you know, why not just, you know, save a couple bucks and not even bother because, uh, from what I had read, the concierge didn't really seem like it was worth it. I heard the food was nothing to write home about. Uh, you were not really getting anything else besides another place to see the fireworks, which you could probably do from your room if you upgrade anyway, and that sort of thing. But after listening to the review and thoughts from Pete and Walter and the other guys that were there, it sounds like it actually might be worthwhile. So I'm reconsidering it based on your, on your review. And the questions that I have though are first, what is the vibe like with regards to taking food out of the concierge lounge? I could imagine that we would want to get there, eat something, get some drinks, but they kind of bring it back. I don't know if I want to hang out in a big room with a whole bunch of strangers, especially since not that I'm at the social mind you, but I do have two small girls. They're going to be ages roughly one and a half and three at the time. So I don't know if I want to a bug other people with my little girls being there being all you know little girly and stuff and uh you know kids are kids and uh or if it's um or if it's you know is it bad to take food out of the concierge or is it okay i just don't want to do anything that's in poor taste or something that might get us tarred and feathered and banned from disney world for life so want to get your thoughts on that the other thing is just having kids there in general What's your take on that? Is it a place meant for kids? I know it's uh, they're certainly not prohibited, but at the same time, I don't want to ruin other people's vacations. And if the uh, if the mood and the vibe is very adultish, then I may choose not to take them there. Um, so, want to get your take on that? What do you think about bringing you know small children to the concierge lounge? And finally, the uh, I know Pete had mentioned that uh, the quality of service at the that the Polynesian was very good. And this isn't a question. It's more of a statement. Uh, from what I had read, it, you know, his sentiments about the, the level of service from the staff, um, at least upon check-in and that sort of thing, being very high matches what I've heard in that uh, it seems like a lot of folks that have worked at the Polynesian stay at the Polynesian. And collectively, from what I know, they've got a lot of year, the most years of experience out of any of the resorts or most of the, the resorts at Disney World. So you get a lot of the old-time you know, Disney employees that I, uh, they understand the, you know, the, the Disney way, so to speak, probably better than a lot of the other cast members that work at the resort nowadays. So anyhow, I uh, just thought I'd throw that in. Thank you guys so much again for everything, all the usual sentiments about great podcast. And, you know, I continually, I listen to a lot of different Disney podcasts and I got to say, you guys are my favorite currently. And I wouldn't tell you that if I didn't mean it. And if you guys stop being the best podcast out there, I'll certainly let you know. But right now you guys are on top. Um, no one balances the, the knowledge, the humor, uh, and the entertainment factor as well as you guys. And it's really kind of, I, I enjoy it a lot. You know, a lot of folks go and are either very boring or they get very corny and I'm not here to trash talk other people, but you guys do a great job of balancing all the different aspects. So just giving you a report from the field. Thanks again. Love you guys and rock and roll. Well, thank you very much, Paul, for writing in. I know, I think this episode, this email episode sounds like a love fest. It does. Um, and, uh, I don't know why that is. That wasn't planned. It just kind of worked out that way. But I also want to let everybody know um, it really isn't necessary to tell us how much you love us in order to get played on the show. 
Um, and not that you were doing that. I mean, everybody, I, I really do believe people are being sincere, and I certainly believe Paul was being sincere. But uh, we notice that, you know, everybody says it, and we love hearing it, don't get me wrong, but I just always wonder if people are thinking that in order to get a, a voicemail played or an email read, you've got to put that in there. I promise you that's not the case. But we really, really do appreciate those sen- sentiments. Um, now, in terms of, uh, in terms of concierge, um, I don't know what someone was expecting in terms of the food, where you heard that the food there wasn't, wasn't good. Uh, I got to tell you, we thought, and you guys have listened to me for two years. You know how picky I am about food, and it was delicious. It was incredible. I mean, they really had a. They put out a nice spread, and like I said, you know, a large. You have a large. You eat a large lunch. Uh, eat your main meal at lunch. That is more. It was more than adequate for most people, I think. Yes, for in dinner. terms of uh, in terms of a light dinner, and uh, as far as walking. Uh, it's going to the concierge lounge, taking food, going back to your room. People were doing it all day. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, the only thing they'll yell at you about. Make sure you wear a shirt. <laughs> because guess guess who had to walk around? I'm Walter. These are my breasts. Okay, only because I needed, I needed, <laughs> I needed a glass of milk, and I didn't feel like going all the way down to the room. And look, Get a I, shirt. I just ran in. I got a glass, and she said, sir, next time I said, I wear a shirt. And it was so... And I'll you know I'll give him this. And here's you know, my scar. He's got. Uh, <laughs> would you like to see my scar? <laughs> <Here's> my scar. <laughs> um, you know I don't blame him. He, he works out a lot. He's got a great physique. I don't blame him for wanting to show it off. But they don't apparently don't want to see that. We'll get you some aerial clamshells to wear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll we'll clamshell pasties. I well, went in. I went in. And they asked me to cover my arms and my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, please don't wear shorts or a t-shirt. <laughs> Paul, also, I want to tell you, it's not like your high school cafeteria. This is not like, you know, the cool kids all sit together. There's a bunch of little tables. He said he didn't want to go and sit with his girls. They have a whole section set up specifically for kids where they're showing Disney cartoons and Disney animated features. Yeah, they even got little small tables and chairs just for the kids. Exactly. You know, your kids are not going to be out of place here. This is not a stuffy atmosphere at all. They had a whole section just for kids. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's this is not, yeah, the, the concierge. See, here's how I look at it with, with, with a concierge lounge. You're paying that much money to be there. Pfft, do whatever you want. Shy of, shy of upsetting other guests. Now, if another guest is going to be upset because your kids are at Disney World and playing. Now, in a restaurant, in a, like a really fancy restaurant or in a, a, you know, like a theater, that's one thing. If your kid's acting up, you might have to take them out. In a concierge lounge, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, when I was there, the one day I was there, I did have to tell the little boy to stop licking the crackers. <laughs> I hope you're kidding. No, he was probably four. And I said to him, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. And he looked at me and said, why? And I turned around and I said to the lady, you're going to want to take this bowl out. And she looks over and she goes, ooh, I think you're right. And they just took the whole bowl out. <laughs> licking the crackers. He wasn't yeah. putting and them that, back? That's, oh. He was you know, maybe three or four. Yeah, and, and, and that stuff is absolutely fine at uh, in a concierge lounge 99.99% of the places on Disney property are 100% available to kids. When, and before, you just have you just have a couple of places where it may not be appropriate but con- that concierge lounge is certainly not one. And before the fireworks is when everyone brings their kids in so they can get a good seat and hear the music and Right. Now yeah, you could and as, as Paul said, you could, you know, watch the fireworks from your room, okay? Um, but you're not going to get the music piped in, you're not going to have the desserts there and um, and everything else. Uh and again, it's all you're paying for. You're paying a premium for something better. In this instance, you'll, you've heard me say on the show many times that, generally speaking, I don't find concierge 
to be a good value in terms of the money spent. If you're looking at it from that perspective, it's not something you want to do. If it's if you want if you want that experience, if you want that more lu- uh, the more luxury experience, if you want the attention that you get from the concierge staff, uh, the, the different amenities and offerings they do, that's why you why you pay it. Uh, and as I mentioned in the review, um, and I'm just looking at value season right now. The difference between a garden view room in uh, at the Polynesian and a garden view room in the club level is $140. So it is a premium, $140 a night. But again, these are things you have to factor in. I can tell you without hesitation, the concierge lounge at the Polynesian is first rate. This is a world class concierge lounge. I think it could hold its own with certainly any of the concierge lounges I've been in, and I can't imagine, because I've been in some really good ones, and I can't imagine there are too many out there better than what I've experienced. I'm sure there are some, but not too many. Polly is definitely, definitely, definitely top top flight. I think he should go go forward with it. I mean, he obviously um, you know, mentioned Gilligan's Island and wanting to go to the Polynesian. He's looking forward to this. You know, if, if, there's, if you're questioning whether you should do it or not, you know you can't wait for this I mean, trip. if the $140 a night is going to kill, kill your vacation, don't do it. Right. But if you, can, if you yeah. can absorb the 140 a night, um, I'll tell you something. That concierge staff is going to make sure you have a great stay. And if anything goes wrong, they're going to bend over backwards to help you. Not that, not that you wouldn't get that other places on property or even other places at the Polynesian. But there is just a level to the service. There's a level to the entire experience. At the Poly Concierge, I just can't say enough good things about it. I also think from I'm sorry to interrupt you. I also think from a monetary standpoint, if you can take one of your meals from the Concierge, look at four people eating at that's Disney. That's what I said last. That's what I said with my review. Exactly. And you break it down, it's thirty five bucks a day per person. Because if you're, you know, look, if if you can put out enough food that keeps Walter uh, and I both satisfied in the evening, and that we're not ravenous, feeling like we got to run someplace else for dinner. That's pretty good. Also, what did you say was a, you paid for a room service meal? It was something astronomical. It was ridiculous. Oh, it was. It was. It was, it was like almost $70, I believe, for our breakfast for the two of us. So if you think of that right there, if you're just looking for a simple breakfast, you can run down to the concierge Right, lounge. but the concierge, I mean, I got steak and eggs. We did have steak um, and eggs. Both that's, you know, you're going to get cereal and toast and juice and kind of more basic, you know, continental type breakfast items but still yes i mean if it takes away one meal i really think i really of you it's definitely worth it personally i think the 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 large meal at lunch i mean have a really nice meal nice big meal at lunch and then for dinner go to the concierge lounge and and eat there and i think you can save yourself you know yeah you know save yourself four dinners um a night you know do the math there aren't too many concierge lounges where you can do that. A lot of the concierge lounges I've been in, what they serve is really, truly appetizer food. One of the complaints I had about the contemporary when I was there a couple of years ago was that the concierge food was, in fact, just frozen appetizers being heat, heated up in a microwave. And it was disgusting, and it was absolutely unbecoming, a, a, a $500 a night hotel room. And that was one of the reasons I had such a problem with them. Now, I understand that's changed over there. They're not doing that anymore. I have a feeling that it was maybe our review that might have helped with that. But the Poly does it right. The Poly puts out, I mean, these are decent size, decent size offerings. These are not just, this is not finger food. You're not getting pigs in a blanket. So I really think, honestly, if, if you're inclined to go to concierge, 
if the extra money per night isn't going to break the bank, uh, I say absolutely 100% do it. I would not say that everywhere else, mind you. But at the Polynesian, that lounge, that service, that staff, those rooms, 100% absolutely. I wouldn't. I will absolutely stay concierge again. I'll put my own money where my mouth is. So I hope that answers your question. I'm really glad you enjoyed the review. I'd love to hear back from you uh, after you get back, what your experience at the Polynesian was. And I also want to thank Paul for going ahead and recording his, uh, his voicemail on his computer and emailing it into us. Uh, that is a really, really, really good way to get onto the short list of getting on the show. Uh, the quality of those, the sound quality on those, when you record them yourselves and don't call in for the voicemail, the quality is much better, so it sounds better on the show. And uh, I, I that would certainly want to use things that sound better. So um, we, we, have, we have about four or five that we've got queued up that aren't going to be played this week, but over the next two weeks. So uh, anybody who sent in, anybody who sent me a... Uh, Right now, yeah, anybody who sent in a, uh, their own voicemail where they recorded it on their computer and has sent it in, you're all scheduled to be played in the next two weeks. So um, the rest of you, if you've got a microphone on your computer, you don't, have to, you don't need any special software. Uh, the Windows Sound Recorder that just comes built in with, with uh, Windows XP or Windows Vista is more than adequate to record a WAV file. You can give it to us in WAV or MP3 format. Either one is fine. Uh, MP3 is going to be better. It's a smaller file. It's going to email better. WAV files tend to be larger. But it's real, real easy to do. It does not require a lot of technical background. And it is a, it just sounds so much better than the crappy voicemails we get through our voicemail system. So, um, But with that, we are going to say goodbye for this week. And we hope you enjoyed our show. It was great being back with you guys again after after two weeks. And we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody.